to? Straight out of Philly. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Straight Out of Philly's season finale, the first ever wrestling extravaganza. It's good to be back. No way. I can't lie to you guys. Who wants to come back to a city like Philadelphia? A dirty, corrupt, crime-infested city where you have to jump over crackheads just to get to the bus stop. What we definitely didn't miss was the sirens that keep us up all night. The garbage strewn through the street of Philadelphia. I mean, Annapolis was so quiet and so fucking clean, we couldn't stand it. What we did miss, though, was our house, kids, and our three amazing dogs that were waiting for us by the front door when we got home. But I will say this, what a trip. Only two hours away and full of great restaurants and sights to see I urge more people to take a little road trip, grab a bite to eat, walk around, and enjoy themselves at Annapolis, Maryland. So, I have something new today for you guys. Instead of my usual rant, I'm going to review our trip and the amazing food we were able to consume during our two and a half days there. I'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to South Philadelphia's number one podcast, Straight Out of Philly. All right, what can I say about Annapolis? It's clean, very friendly, and one can get some of the best seafood south of Philadelphia. Our two nights there, we didn't hear one, that's right, not one damn siren at all. No bums or crackheads assaulting you for just the spare change you have in your pocket on the way to dinner. Just friendly faces wherever you went. The stores that line the main area of downtown Annapolis are quaint, small, personally owned, but a little pricey. But what do you expect when you go to a tourist area like Annapolis? The restaurants? The restaurants are galore. During our trip, there were three restaurants that I must give five stars to. The first two had the biggest, freshest oysters I've ever had. And top that, they were only $1 a piece. I couldn't believe that. I paid $3 an oyster here in Philly for half the size and quality of the oysters. Needless to say, I definitely took advantage of that deal. Four dozen oysters in two days, breaking my personal best of three dozen in one fucking day. McCarvey's Oyster House had the best house salad with grilled shrimp. Not to mention the main course, Chicken Rizzling. Both out of this world. Another rare gem we found on the second day in Nablus was a short walk over the bridge from downtown. The Boatyard Bar Grill not only had the best oysters, they had the most amazing fish and chips and crab dip imaginable. Another five stars. So, on the way home, we decided to stop at a very quaint, quiet town named St. Michael. And boy, did we not regret it. Not only did they have an amazing museum about the Chesapeake Bay, we found this tiny little hole-in-the-wall saloon called 
Carpenter Street Saloon. This place had the, the best cheesesteak outside of Philly, rivaling almost every cheesesteak I've ever tried. Oh right, yeah, I forgot about the beer. Both McGarvey's and the Boatyard had their specially homemade beer just for their establishment. Both beers out of this world. I tried getting a couple six packs from them, they don't sell them. So the only place to get their beer is inside their restaurant. Talk about being fucking smart. So, enough of our trip. Time to talk wrestling, what this episode's about. After this short break, you're gonna hear my match of the year. We'll be right back. Listening to Straight Out of Philly. Here comes the Here comes the Here comes the Y'all don't really worry like Here comes the Alright guys, welcome back from the break. Time to get down to the nitty gritty. Right now, we're talking about the best match of 2023, Cody versus Roman Reigns at the upcoming WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, two awesome wrestlers with extraordinary bloodlines. Cody had nothing but wrestling blood in him from the very day he was born. His father, probably one of the most popular wrestlers ever, is known as the son of a plumber, but everyone will remember the moniker, the American Dream. Dusty wasn't your typical wrestler. He was fat, out of shape, and had such a way of speaking that it was almost impossible to understand him sometimes. He's held almost every single title one can think of, except for one. And that one is what his son, Cody Rhodes, is wrestling Roman Reigns for. The undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Enter Cody. When Cody puts his mind to something, he's unstoppable. There's nothing that can hold him back. After leaving the WWE for creative differences, or so they say, Cody rode a huge wave of success on the independent scenes of the professional wrestling. After winning the Ring of Honor Championship, Cody decided to join up with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega for a one-off pay-per-view called All In. This pay-per-view blew everybody out of the water. No one expected it to do as well as it did. So, what do you do when something explodes like that? You create from it. So, in the next couple weeks, they created a wrestling promotion that is now a main rival to the WWE. All Elite Wrestling, other known as AEW. Now, his next challenge is to face the man that held the belts for over a thousand days as undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Roman Reigns. Roman, as we know, has a cousin that's pretty famous in the wrestling and business industry. Uh, I think we've all heard of him, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Roman's been cast by the higher-ups as a spoiled, egotistical, selfish champion who would do anything to hold on to the title, including cheating. With Paul Heyman as his spokesperson, he's been able to defeat 
everyone from Brock Lesnar to Drew McIntyre. At this year's WrestleMania, the two forces will finally hit each other head on. It's a guarantee that Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for those belts will be the main event of the entire WrestleMania weekend. The match itself, I think it's gonna be fucking wild. It's gonna be close. A couple pinfalls here and there, back and forth action, and of course, a shitload of violence. But we all know there will be no color in this match, since the all-knowing Vince McMahon does not allow his professional wrestlers to purposely blade themselves for the added effect of blood during a match, which myself, I find very upsetting. The use of blood in this match to be very psychologically effective to show the personal hatred between these two wrestlers. A little blood goes a very long way in telling a story and perpetuating the hatred these wrestlers have for each other. Okay guys, here's a big question. Who do I think is gonna win? I think, hands down, Cody Rhodes will win the match and become the next undisputed heavyweight champion. Why would WWE spend millions of dollars to bring this guy away from a company he created and not give him the belt on the very first try. Will there be controversy? Of course there will. I can't remember a main event championship match that didn't involve some sort of controversy one way or the other. The X factor in this match is Paul Heyman, that dirty little fuck. His loyalty towards his wrestlers, they sweat. They swayed like the trees do in a big gusty storm. Whatever works for him and benefits him, that's the choice he'll make. I feel Paul Heyman would do a reversal and turn on Roman Reigns at the very first sight of the chance of him losing. And thus, will help Cody walk away a winner and a holder of the two title belts. Not only does this add to the excitement of the match, it also sets up the all-important revenge match down the line. Maybe, say, SummerSlam. And we all know how WWE loves its rivalry. Who can forget the number of times Brock Lesnar fought Roman Reigns? 10, 11 times maybe? So, with the help of Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes will walk out of WrestleMania the undisputed WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Alright guys, break time once again. You know what to do. After the break, we're going to talk about the most influential organizations in wrestling history. You don't want to miss this one. You're listening to Straight Out of Philly's first ever wrestling extravaganza.
time to talk history of the wrestling world. The most influential wrestling companies of all time. It's a tough question for some, pretty easy for others. For me, pretty fucking easy. The NWA, or National Wrestling Alliance, is by far the most influential wrestling organization ever. Founded in 1948, it made what wrestling is today. Before there was such thing as the NWA, wrestling was organized into groups or territories throughout the country, each owned by a different promoter. Some territories, as usual, were better and more popular than others. Some had upcoming stars, like a young Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair, while others had no star power whatsoever. Then the NWA came along with the 10 pounds of gold, or better known as the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I guess the best way to describe the NWA is something like a roving carnival. They would allow their wrestlers to travel throughout the country, clashing with what stars that direct territory had at that time. Not only did it promote wrestling nationwide, it also helped the professional wrestling gain a toehold in some of the um, lesser enthusiastic territories. Throughout the years, champions like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, The Funks, Luthies, Sting, Harley Race, Barry Windham all held the NWA World Championship. After its heyday, the NWA just lingered around in the background with a bunch of no-name champions. That is, until frontman from the Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, decided to purchase it. Purchase, Billy started climbing the NWA back into national relevance. Even though the last few champs have not been household names like during its heyday, that does not change one thing that the NWA is by far the most influential wrestling organization in the history of the sport. ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. By now, every wrestling fan knows about ECW and how it came to be about. ECW, running out of a small, dirty bingo hall in South Philadelphia, changed the way that wrestling fans watch wrestling. Before the ECW came into existence, wrestling was more of a uh, technical aspect, more actually like a Olympic style wrestling, more technical than violent. So things definitely changed with ECW. With the likes of extreme wrestlers like Sabu, Harry Funk, Cactus Jack, The Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, The Dudleys, extreme wrestling was put on the map. In no time flat, ECW went from the tiny, poorly run house show to a national prominence because of the violence and technical aspects of wrestling put together into one match. It was purely amazing to watch. The first match of a uh, pay-per-view, you could see Sabu and Terry Funk wrestling in a Texas death match. And then the next one, you could be watching Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit in such a technical masterpiece, you'd think it was a uh, Olympic style wrestling. It was nothing to see both wrestlers just rip open blood everywhere, hitting each other with items handed from them from the fans in the seats. That's what made ECW so special. The production level at first sucked, 
but in a good way. It was like watching a wrestling on VHS tapes that were passed around in the early 80s. You know, kind of a bit of nostalgia going on. Then, finally, money became an issue, and the villainous Vince McMahon purchased ECW and took it under the wings of the WWE. From there, it was just a disaster. Granted, Vince tried to run it like the old ECW, but without the blood and extreme violence, it wasn't the same ECW that fans would stand around the block in freezing cold South Philly one day to watch. Alright fans, finally, the third organization that made my list. And one probably could guess who it was going to be. None other than the WWF slash WWE. Some fans and historians might even say that the WWE is the most influential organization ever. I disagree with that, as I said in the first uh, segment, but everyone is allowed to have their own opinion. I just don't like the WWE. I've never been a big fan since the, the heyday of The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Fred Hitman Hart. But I must say, if it weren't for the ambitiousness of Vince, we might never have seen a national wrestling company like WWE. After purchasing the WWF from his father, Vince had a dream to unite all the local territories under one banner. Of course, the locals were infuriated at this idea and attempted takeover. But Vince had one person in his pocket. That person, a young Hulk Hogan. One of the most popular wrestlers of all time, Hogan carried the company throughout the 80s and 90s while younger stars were groomed and being ready for the spotlight. There's way too many stars to list, but we all know the names like Randy Macho Man Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, Brett the Hitman Hawk, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and of course, The Rock. The WWE went from a rookie organization in the 1980s to a world touring, multi-billion dollar company in a very short time. Kinda hard to argue with that. Well, listeners, there you have it. The three most influential wrestling organizations in the world. Well, at least according to me. I know some might have disagreements. And if you do, please email me at straightout215 at gmail.com or DM me on any social media platform at straightout215. We're going to take a short break now. And then when we come back, that's when the fun starts. I'm going to tell you my three all-time favorite wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling. You don't want to miss it. I'm Brent Snyder, and you're listening to Straight Out of Philly. During the break, man, I was thinking about it being the last episode for a few months, and I was just amazed that I've stuck with it this far. For those who know me, I usually start something and lose interest within a few weeks, real quick. Not with this, though. 
I'm not sure why, but I'm sure as fuck happy that I'm still creating my, eh, okay podcast. Nothing great, but okay. Anyways, the final segment is something that brings back awesome memories from my younger days. My favorite wrestlers. You know, the ones you stay up late to watch on TV when you're not supposed to? Yep, you know what I'm talking about. I know each of you have a different list of favorite wrestlers, and that's okay. You guys can't be as perfect as I am. Nah, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. Anyways, let's get this shit going. First up on my list has to be the, the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom, Hawking Animal. Growing up, nothing would incite my rage as the guttural entrance and music that led this iconic duo down the aisle. Hulk and Animal, at the time, were two of the most imposing and intimidating characters working, bringing home so many different titles, including the coveted WWF Tag Team Championship. Their face paint, spiked shoulder pads, and intimidating haircuts would instill fear, really scare the shit out of their opponents. Unfortunately, in 2003, Hulk passed away and Animal tried wrestling by himself. But you could tell that that wasn't meant to be. As being one of the best tag team wrestlers in history, sometimes you just need a partner. All right, second on my list is that Iranian fuckhard at the Iron Sheep. As a wrestler, he wasn't really my favorite wrestler per se, but he was pretty good, a decent star. And talk about a heel. Man, he could turn the crowd against him within seconds of entering the squared circle. What? But what I do love about the Iron Sheep is his fucking Twitter account. If any of you don't follow him, why the hell not? He makes Twitter, in one of my opinion, the best thing. One of his favorite tweets was, God bless everyone except that dumb son of a bitch, Hulk Hogan. His sarcastic comments, tone, right up my alley. Maybe that's why I enjoy reading his comments all the time. How could you forget some of his iconic segments with his co-announcer Jim Ross during the WWE's Attitude Era? Some of the phrases that came out of his mouth wouldn't even be allowed on TV in today's oversensitive world. Look at those puppies was one of my all-time favorites. As a wrestler, Jerry Lawler was above average talent. One of the most memorable times I can remember was when he was working a shoot with ECW and almost caused a riot in the South Philadelphia Bingo Hall because of what he said. Only a true genius can do that. There you go guys, my three favorite wrestlers of all time. Once again, DM me on all social media outlets at straightout215 or email me through straightout215 at gmail.com with all your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions. We'll be right back after this break. Hang in. It's finally here. The last break of season one. It's been a long time. And I didn't think it happened, but here we are after about eight weeks and we're still going strong. Just to let your listeners know, for the next couple weeks, I will be radio silence due to an upcoming heart surgery. So I'm going to need some time to recovery 
but don't worry, during that time, I am be thinking of great topics for season two. Not gonna wanna miss the season premiere, my first four-way into an unsolved serial killer case that happened in Philadelphia. Some crazy shit you don't wanna miss. Well guys, like always, you can reach me on all social media at straightout215 or shoot me an email through straightout215 at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait for season two. I'm Brent Snyder and I'm straight out of Philly.